Living the Faith podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media, restoringthefaith.com. Welcome back to the Living the Faith podcast, coming at you from the heart of America with Joe and Mike here in studio, the Restoring the Faith studio, where we can be seen and heard on many platforms, seen on YouTube and Facebook, heard wherever your podcasts are heard. And tonight, Joe, we're broadcasting from a world that has gone bonkers. Nuts. They've got, they, we've lost our minds. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christians are being slayed in churches around the world. Sri Lanka, the most recent. Burning down cathedrals. Trying to, succeeding sometimes. Three different continents right now. Mm-hmm. Christian blood is being shed in the streets and even in this country, children lucky enough to survive their mother's womb, which is probably more precarious place to be than in Afghanistan, statistically. Mm-hmm. True. These same children, if they survive, they're now being injected with hormones and their bodies are being mutilated by their parents, by their doctors, by their teachers and principals and guidance counselors, by those very people who God has placed in their life to protect them. The nice people. The faith in the West is has has reached a state of utter collapse. We have no vocations. Well, people don't hold truth to the tenets of the Catholic faith. I mean, what percentage of Catholics even believe in the real presence of the Eucharist? Like 30%? Yeah, I've, I've seen, I, and I've even seen numbers lower than that. Um, in the West, turtles and puppies possess more rights than human beings. But we didn't just start the show in this situation. We didn't just wake up in this situation. We have been like boiling crabs who are not aware of what's been happening to them for some time, right? Mm. But even those crabs who are slowly boiling to death, they do reach a realization at a certain point where they say, oh, this is bad. This is really hot. It's yeah. too late. Yeah, I don't want to be here. Yep. <laughs> but, but what can they do? They're crabs. What can we do? I mean, you know, you look at it and you say... um, this has been happening for a long time. And I think that we can definitely say that all of these ills in the world, which there is a whole litany of them, they are guided by an intelligence far superior than ours. And it's it's an intelligence that's playing the long game. Mm. It's true. It's a pretty long game. I mean, we, we've we've made reference to this in past podcasts, right? I mean, there's, mm. there's a variety of revolutions. They want to talk about the Protestant Reformation revolution. Mm. Uh, that's the that was one of the, the earlier revolutions. Obviously, yeah. we've had revolutions since the beginning of time, before the beginning of time. But as far as after reaching the peak of the height of Christendom, then we have these revolutions that are literally systematically tearing down our religion, yeah. our family, our societal structure, our yep. governing structures. Um, the way that we think, the way that we process, you know, Rousseau yeah. and you know, Hegel and all sure. these philosophers, it, you know, the, you know, the, the sword, the pen, the gun, it's all been used, right? Yeah. Inside, outside. That's right. 
every from every which way direction. I mean, you can't like there's not I I can't think of an angle, and of course. <laughs> I'm sure. Right. Yeah, there's some, they will figure something out. There's some out. other unexplored frontier. Right, exactly. <laughs> as as if as if uh reading books to children in public libraries sanctioned by the taxpayer dollars, those books are being read by crossdressers, okay? Yeah. To 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 put it mildly. As if that's not the the unexplored uh frontier, right. who knows where these people are you going to go. You couldn't even say those words aloud 10 years ago. No. Like no. somebody would be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you can't say that." I was like, "No, no, no. no. This is you. Yeah. You look on your Facebook feed or your your Instagram Drudge Report, whatever it is, yeah. whatever whatever it is. You're seeing these pictures, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. okay, I've got to close my computer now because I can't even look at this stuff. No, it's it's repulsive. Right. It's it's evil. It's demonic. It's it's. It's not even like we we we've we're like moving on past the 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 seduction of the mind even right and of the senses yeah this is just like no this is grotesque and this is ugly and this is awful and there's nothing attractive about it it's just literally absolutely repulsive yeah and i i think that the left um or the modernists or the liberals or whatever word you want to ascribe to to describe these revolutionaries um they have been making incremental changes mm-hmm. to our the fabric of our society, to our culture, to our family, to our faith for generations, and they've been playing the long game. And one of the things that they're willing to do is they're willing to compromise. They're willing to inject 95% truth if they can just get a little bit of error. Mm-hmm. And this is what Hollywood does. This is what the popular media do. This is what TV personalities and sports stars and they're 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 all caught in this system where um, they're willing to give you enough to make it seem real mm-hmm. what they're saying, mm-hmm. so long as they're subverting your thoughts in in, in little ways. Yeah, yeah. And this this started from the Garden of Eden, right? I mean, yeah. Satan wasn't. Lying in one sense that he said, "Oh, you eat this apple, Eve, you'll be like God." Right. right. Well, yes, you will know the difference between good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if you want that, but yes, and like in that manner, yes, you'll be like God. I mean, you know, again, it's a play to the arrogance, it's a play to the to the vices and whatnot. Sure, you're not going. He didn't say you're going to be God. Right, right, but yeah. hey, you know, it's a little deceptions along. Well, the way. and it, it was it's it's an appeal to pride, and as we know, pride comes before the fall, and um, even as we broadcast now in the so-called month of pride, I mean, what does pride deserve? Pride doesn't deserve a month. Pride deserves hell. Mm, that's it. I mean, if you look at a at a at an image of what God did to Sodom and Gomorrah, that's that's how he regards pride. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's these very same people who have co-opted that word. They've chosen that word as their bannering cry. Mm-hmm. They are united behind the word of pride. I mean, it's it's the it's the capital of capital sins. Mm-hmm. It's Not the thugs. it's the root of of all evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the word that they choose to enshrine. And um, again, we didn't just wake up in a world like this. If if you had proposed a hundred years ago that a deranged, mentally incompetent psychopath would be reading books to children in a public library, that th- that wouldn't fly. But it not only not only is it acceptable now, but 
if you don't go along with it, then you're you're some kind of phobe. You have mm-hmm. a phobia. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same can be said, even sadly, of the church. In the last hundred years, there have been incremental changes to the church. And we're not talking about any of the stuff that's in the news right now um, or, or, or anything like that. I mean, you just look at the loosening of the disciplines, um, Eucharistic fast or Holy Days of Obligation or the requirements during Holy Week. I mean, those things have, have relaxed over time in incremental ways. Mm-hmm. And now we wake up in a church where the pews are largely empty. And mm-hmm. and and the faith in the core tenets of the of what we're supposed to believe um, are totally lacking. Right, and and you know I think even people are are confused as to where to go to lay the blame. Right, they don't yeah. they don't want to yeah. blame this, but they want to blame that. Well, you know it was the it was the society. No, it was the church. Right, you know whenever you talk it, well, you know it had to do with you know problems inside the church. Then people want to say, oh well, you know it was the age of rock and roll and. You yeah, know, the, the, it was the sexual the revolution. Just got carried away right, with it, yeah, right? Yeah, and it's just like, okay, wait a minute, who are you blaming exactly? You know, yeah. we're just going back and forth. Yeah. and the thing is, is that all of us are really confused at the end of the day. All of us have succumbed in some way to this modern lifestyle that we live in. There are things and activities that we do that may be seemingly harmless in and of themselves. Yeah, that would never have been done thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, hundred years ago. Exactly, a- any of those, right? I exactly. Mean, um, I was I was talking with um, a fellow at work, and I'll be careful how I say this, but uh, he, you know, obviously that's very taboo, right? Again, yeah. as of the last ten years, yeah, to talk yeah. about just people, right? Normal people getting married, and that's the only kind of marriage that sure. there is, right? Yes. So, like ten, fifteen years ago, that didn't was, matter. You that was that. that that was that, and I mean, nobody discussed this, right? And all of a sudden, here we are. Now it's like, shh. You can't say anything to anybody, you know. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, we right. don't. We don't want to have our podcast pulled or our YouTube right. channel canceled. Right. But now TED Talks. I was. I watched this uh, clip yeah. of all these these TED Talks where they're talking about you know the ages between uh, different d- different oh, kinds boy. of people. Oh boy! Right, and yeah. that. That's, People can still be together, even if and you know that's the new frontier. Like, exactly. Yeah, the the age of consent should be lowered, to, right? To exactly. zero, <laughs> to zero, right? To whatever you want. I mean, yeah. com, you know, open licentiousness, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all it's all licentiousness. But I, 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 I mentioned that to him. I was like, showed him to that. And he's a father, you know, and mm-hmm. he has se- several children, right? And he's yeah. he's a very very liberal Catholic. Okay, um, but he. Uh, he was like, "Oh, that's horrible," you know. And he's he's like, he loves his children. You can tell he loves his yeah, children. Yeah, very protective. And he was like, "That is awful. That is despicable." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Man, hold on for thirty years. You won't even know that. You won't even remember that's this it. happened. That's just this it. This will be totally normal." And when, and when you showed him that TED talk, he that was his moment where his, where his where his lobster moment where he realized I'm in a I'm boiling to death right now. Right. There's but something it, wrong with my surroundings. There is right something now. wrong. But the thing is, is that he that was like a new frontier to him because then I turned around and I said, "Well, you know, Sal, do you remember when you were younger, and this this other this, thing, this other thing, other disordered disordered relationships?" He's like, "Well, that's different." And I'm like, that's, "Yeah, that's what course. they said then." Yeah, and now that's what they're saying now. And yeah. in 30 years, you'll be okay. And it, it was just like light bulb moment, and he yeah. was just like. Oh my gosh, we need to talk about this stuff more often. I was like, yeah, you think? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So having said all of that, um, 
the same, I think, principle holds true to our souls. Mm-hmm. Incremental changes in society and in morality and in the church are a- applicable even to our souls. In other words, changes in our souls don't typically happen overnight. They, they correspond to the same principle that it's, it's, it's a long game. Mm-hmm. It's a long game. And um, there are notable exceptions to this. You know, St. Paul comes to mind mm-hmm. where, you know, he's, he's knocked off his horse. He's given incredible graces by God. He's shown heaven. He's, he's imbued with the faith. But for the rest of us, that's not going to happen. And I think that we need to be very realistic about that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have a Saul Paul knocked off the horse moment in our lives. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's an extraordinary grace from God. No, it is. I mean, again, it is mysterious how God chooses to give which graces to whom. Sure. It does have to do with how you were created, what capacities he gave you and all this sort of stuff, what your potential is. Obviously, for you know people who it's it's harder for... Um, you know, he could, he could make it easier for them. If it's easy, they have an easy life, he can make it harder for them. Yeah. But this incrementalism part, this is what just, it sucks everybody in. It does. I mean, it's hard to escape. Even like Islamic peoples in the Middle East who in some, in, in several regards led a more strict lifestyle with regards to yeah. some some things, right? Sure, yeah. And then they get overrun by capitalism, and they're just like, oh, oh okay, anything oh, goes. Oh, you know? we go. Yeah, we got MTV now. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it, it drags everybody in. Yeah, and it's the daily grind, right? We all know that this is what it takes. You know, going the other way, my 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 father um, was always very very strict on us, and you know, it's to the point where you're just like, come on, dad, come on. Come on, please, please. Yeah. Okay, no, yeah. really, are you gonna? Are we gonna do with that right now? Like, can we stretch this out a little bit? Let's not, you know, go pedal to the metal here. And mm-hmm. no, it was always pedal to the metal because the you you have to fight against the downward thrust yes. of the daily grind. Yes, the the world, the flesh, and the devil are constantly tempting you. They're constantly pulling you in, sucking you in. And you contend with that fact and you pair that fact with the fact that none of us knows when we will meet our demise. Mm -hmm. It could be tonight. It could be during this show that one of us just drops dead. Not impossible. Nope. Probably not likely, but not impossible. And so since we don't know when we're going to die and we do know that that the world and the flesh and the devil are constantly sucking us towards that incrementalism, then... The right and proper reaction to that is your father imbued into you is to fight it every single day in little ways, in big ways, in any way that you can. Mm -hmm. And so the point of the show here is to talk about uh, some specific things that you can do in your personal life and in your soul to combat that. Certainly. And uh, the overarching principle, I think, is... You're not going to buy—the Catholic faith is not some self, self-help book that you can just read on an airline flight and suddenly change your life. It doesn't work that way. Very true. Vice and sin and defects are very difficult to overcome. We maintain attachments to them. We love our vices. Mm-hmm. We love our defects. Yeah. We love this world, you know, and, and in certain ways we, we love, you know, the flesh and the devil. 
Um, so as St. Francis Sales points out um, in his writings, he says you need to ruthlessly and systematically root out your, your, your sins and your defects and your attachments one by one. Mm. But don't do it in – you can't do everything overnight. It's true. It's true. No, you, you can't. And we've talked a little bit about this when, in our earlier podcast about confession, right? Yes. So we have to have a firm purpose of amendment. We've, we must make resolutions yeah. to, uh, to not, not to commit these sins again. Yeah. That doesn't mean at the same time, and I have to be very careful how I say this, right, but you have to systematically attack these vices that we have, these habits. Yeah. You have to have a resolution. This is not going to happen again. Now, I'm going to take steps to systematically make sure that that doesn't happen again, right? Right. So I remove occasions of sin yeah. and and you, you know, do, you know, some, even some small penance. Some, I've had, I had a priest one time and, and I remember reading about it before from some saint, but it was given before simple little penance, put a pebble in your shoe. Mm. I, I mean. I like that. That doesn't sound like a big deal, right? I've got to tell you. It's you annoying. Know, it's super annoying. <laughs> I mean, we're not to the level of the saints, right? We're no. you know we're whipping ourselves, yeah, wearing yeah. hair shirts. Yeah, right. That's a much bigger deal than that sounds like. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, there's there's little little things that you can do, and of course, we when we get when we when God gives us the grace, especially after a good confession, et cetera, mm-hmm. to you know, we're just gonna you know make this happen. You know, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to put up bracket on my leg or yeah, something like right, that you right, know right. maybe i'll cut off a finger yes. i don't know i don't need all of them and i'm gonna stop eating forever right <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm gonna Actually, take vitamin c and and drink water yeah <laughs> right <laughs> we, we don't need to do that but it does need to be like you say it doesn't have it, it's incremental yeah and the more important point about that is consistency it's consistent yeah and it's targeted um that is such a great point because on the flip side of that you know, you hear about people when Lent comes around or when Advent comes around, for those who hold true to the Advent fast or even to the St. Michael fast. Um, and they're like, oh, I'm get- what are you doing this year? Oh, well, I'm, I'm giving up sugar in my coffee. Oh, wow. How brave of you. I'm giving up chocolate this year. For 40 days, I'm going to live without the luxury of chocolate. I mean, we we're not saying to just be totally weak and cowardly here, right? And 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 to underwhelm God by the magnitude of your of your giving to Him. Exactly. But I mean, the easy for those of us who go to the gym, like yourself, or <laughs> you're, 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 you're exercise. Point, you're pointing at me, but the camera's on you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe you should change the camera. I am not the uh, visage of, of uh, yes. Anyways, um, the point is, is that you, you don't lift a 10-pound dumbbell for the rest of, for your whole life. Right. You, you, yeah. you, you are, you're adding to yeah. it. Yeah. And if you are not adding to it, then, yeah. well, we're not really making a whole lot of improvements here, are we? Right. And, and, and you don't start off doing Olympic lifts either. Right. right exactly. um, and so this the, uh, virtue always lies within the mean. Mm-hmm. It's always in the middle, the middle road, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so what St. Francis Sales is saying is that this is a long and arduous process. It might take your whole life to do it, but systematically you root out one vice at a time. 
And like what you said with the pebble in the shoe, being consistent about it or saying to yourself, you know, I'm I'm not going to do this one thing ever again. And here are the 15 ways that I'm going to help myself to do mm-hmm. it. You attack it from all angles. You remove all occasions of sin. You uh, you layer in additional prayers and meditations and it is possible to excise these things out of your soul. Mm-hmm. It is possible. It is done. The spiritual masters have done it. They have carved this path for us. But none of them say that it's easy, and none of them say that it happens very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the point. So we kind of started off the show by li- listing this litany of horrible things that have happened to us over time. But the same logic applies to how we're going to fix our own souls over time. Mm-hmm. And it is difficult, and it takes a long time. So let's talk about, um, in an Ignatian way, um, resolution. You brought, you said the word resolution. Mm-hmm. So let's sure. talk about that. Yeah, so, you know, with regards to the resolution that you have to make, with regards to confession, you, you need yeah. to make these resolutions not to do this again. This is not a, well, I'm going to try. Yeah. You, you, it has to be a firm purpose that you have to make that you're going to change it. So if you're going to make these resolutions... Um, oft, oftentimes it's good to have a confessor if you can find one Yes, that, that can help you along with that, that way, um, to help you give those resolutions. Right. Um, make sure that you're not, not, uh, under challenging yourself and over challenging yourself. Yeah, that's right. always very helpful. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a good way to tell if, if, if you have a good resolution. So. That, well. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a very very good point. Having a good, solid, strong confessor, somebody who understands the state of your soul and what is and and can help you discern uh, what a good resolution would be. We in America are big fans of New Year's resolutions, aren't we? Mm. Everybody at at the turn of the new year, they make a resolution to do X, Y, or Z. A lot of times it has to do with health and fitness, and most people fall away because they bite off more than they can chew. Mm-hmm. They try to they they try to start a diet that is untenable to them, or they try to uh, implement a workout regimen that doesn't really fit in their schedule and just is impossible to maintain. Um, so making a resolution doesn't just have have to happen um, in the confessional. You can actually make a resolution in an Ignatian sense um, yourself, mm-hmm. and a resolution has to be something that is very specific. It should be something that is manageable. It should have some kind of time component uh, attached to it. For example, you might say, I am resolving that I will add a 10-minute meditation to my morning litany of prayers. And I am resolving that I will do this. Um, and and here are, the, here are the various topics that I'm going to meditate on. Uh, when we had Chris Zyker on the show, he talked a lot about meditating on the seven sorrows of Our Lady. That's a very good place to start, and you can meditate on that for 10 minutes a day and bear fruit from that, from all of those seven sorrows um, every day. So that would be a layering in of something. Um, you can could, you could have a resolution to give something up. Like, for example, my wife has given up ice cream for her entire life. She has given it up. She will not touch it for the sake of my own soul. Now, I mean, that's a pretty incredible wife and a really, um, I mean, I'm, I'm bragging on her a little bit because she's going to watch the show later. She's probably not going to be very pleased that I'm announcing this to the world, that this is her discipline. Now we know. 
There's no n- yeah. Now there's no cheating. No, it, now not only is there no cheating. Okay, so I <laughs> I am the worst. You're you're a horrible it. person. No, no, no. Because you're a horrible person. because if I even suspect that she is smelling ice cream, I'm like get that away. Like I'm like I feel like my soul is now dependent on her keeping of this resolution. Oh, no. I'm like no, you have to keep this. I really like this resolution, and I'm gonna help you keep it. Yeah, here, let me eat it for you. Yeah, right. No, I mean uh, honestly, like I I don't even really eat ice cream that much, or if I do, it's not in front of her because I don't even, I don't I don't even no, want to yeah, tempt her. Um, but, <laughs> but, but the, the thing is, is if you bite off more than you can chew, what happens, Joe? I mean, you, 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 you fail, you fall short, but then what does the devil do? And it pushes you in the other direction. Then that's when despair comes into play. Right. And yeah. so, ah, oh, man, I couldn't pull that off. Well, I'm pretty, pretty useless. Well, you know, just yeah. Whatever, you know, at the very least, just FYI, lethargy is a form of despair. So even being lethargic. Wow. Um, you know, that That's a good point. Yeah, that's that's despair, right? It's just no movement. Yeah. It's like they have the old saying, you and not moving forward is moving backwards, right? There's no stationary place. Where and that you can is stay. true in the spiritual life. It's true everywhere, yes, exactly. But particularly true in the spiritual life, yes. Yeah. It, and that and that's the case. So you become a lethargic, and that's a form of despair. That's just sloth, right? Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that that you you've got to keep pressing forward, and even if it's small bits, right? You gave the example of Lent, right? So mm-hmm. obviously, this is that's a very particular point of the year where yeah. it's like, okay, this is radical change time. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you, you, not not impossible, not like way too far out there either but no but this is where you yeah, can right, you can exactly. grow in your spiritual right, life exactly. and 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 imbue a habit i mean um i think it was i think it was aristotle said if you do any one thing for 21 days it becomes habit and habit is much easier to sustain than you know just the sheer force of the will some some temporary discipline thanks be to god lent is 40 days long so if you're if you're able to do something for 40 days during lent there's a good chance that you can continue that discipline mm-hmm. throughout the year yep. Well, okay, and here's one last one last point that we can talk about is, yeah. by the way, don't let this all go to waste, especially if you do things that become habits, for example, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you use the sugar in the coffee example. You know, for some people, that's a big deal. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know it doesn't but, seem like a big deal to me. Yeah. I just drink my coffee black, so I'm I'm not the right judge <sighs> yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. All right, if I if it's I, a big deal. If I were a priest and someone came to me and they said, uh, "Well, Father, I'm giving up uh, sugar in my coffee," I would probably offend them because it just doesn't seem like a big sacrifice for me. So but there's a very there are many reasons why you are not a priest, Mike, and that's one of them. <laughs> that is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the point is, is don't waste it. There, yeah. Well, we'll be uh, recording uh, a lot of prayers in the near future and yes. one of them one of the main ones that we should be saying every single day is the morning offering oh yes so that we can actually a lot, a lot of times when you make a sacrifice you don't even really think about it like even if you make a sacrifice for your wife because you love your wife yeah you do that ultimately or you should be doing that ultimately because you love god yeah so if you say the morning offering that will actually dedicate all of your works whether or not they're pains or joys yeah. and still dedicate those towards your uh your eternal salvation. That's great. That's great advice, Joe. I mean, look, how many times, how sad is it in the world, in a world filled with so much suffering and pain and sorrow, all of those sufferings and pains and tears are not offered to God. They're not united to the cross. They're not offered for the, for the poor souls in purgatory. 
and they're not y- utilized and rendered back to God at at a minimum for your own salvation. Mm-hmm. How sad is that? No, it's it's very sad. If you don't if you don't have an intention of putting those towards you're just suffering for no good reason. Yeah. You hate yourself if you're not offering those things to God on a daily basis. You say that every single morning is a very powerful prayer. Yeah. I'll leave a link to uh, a copy of it into the description. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, make sure to, to, to pray that every single day. Again, even if you're not thinking about it at the time, we waste so much stuff, so much during the day. If we don't get that prayer said every single day, make that a habit. That's an incremental change that you can have. That's just it. That's just it. So pick up your nearest examination of conscience. Go through, figure out what's going on in your soul. Choose one vice, choose one defect, choose one attachment to sin, root it out, be ruthless about it, attack it from all angles, and systematically make incremental changes in your soul to fight the world that we live in now. Living the Faith Podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media, restoringthefaith.com.